0: Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 1045 AM. We hope you're encouraged by today's
1: message. Where's Carl at? Carl's going to come out up here. Um, this is Carl Davis, and Carl Davis is coming to bring a word um, today for you at Reliance. And let me just real quickly say the same thing I said at the 9 a.m. service. Um, Carl is one of the um, most amazing guys that I know. You cannot sit down with Carl and have coffee and not feel the love of God radiating from his heart. And he, want, he, he wants to make sure that you know that it's not him. He always says it. It's not me, man. It's not me. It's the Lord inside of me. And I, I'll declare that it is the Lord inside of him. And he said it when we talked about it. And I said, Carl, you got to come and share your heart with Reliance. you got to come share what Jesus is stirring in your heart. And the first time I asked him that, he said no. <laughs> He said, no, I'm not coming. He said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. He said, I don't, I don't know if that's really, and then about, what, a couple days later, he called me back, and he said, no, really, the Lord is birthing something in me, and, and he said, I just, I got to trust Jesus in this thing, and so, um, man, it is an honor to have Carl here. I'm telling you right now, when he, when he talks about the consuming love of God, it's contagious because he's not telling you something that he knows. He's telling you something that he gets to experience, amen. So if you guys would, um, would you just extend a hand out? We're going to pray over Carl. Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare that you, um, in in the same thing that you did in the first service, God, you anointed his lips, God, to where everything that came out of his mouth, I believe Jesus was your words and not his. And I pray, Heavenly Father, it would be the same thing in this service, Lord. We're asking Jesus um, that Carl would just simply be a vessel for your word. And that, Father, through him and in him, God, you would present Jesus the truth of your love to a people who need to know your love. In a deeper way, Father, than more than just a head knowledge, but a heart knowledge. So unlock our hearts this morning, Father. We are so ready for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you guys welcome Carl Davis today?
0: Amen. Amen. Well, bless you guys. It's, um, it's good to hang out this morning. Um. Yeah. So, good morning, Reliance Community Church. Yeah, I just want to look at you. Yeah. Usually, I'm out there somewhere and looking at the back of heads and all that and whatever. Sorry, that's a little weird to say, but I said it, so I can't go back. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, um, I've known the Wallace family for a while. Um, met uh, actually, my wife and I met uh, Ryan and Bree before they were even married. Yeah, I know. Ryan's getting gray, right? Have you, have you noticed? You should look and talk to him about that. Um, mention it. It'd be great. Um, no, I remember. Yeah, I, you know, they we did camps together way back in the day, a long time ago. We've been in Wichita about 20 years, and then you know, fast forward, here we are. So great. That's my life story. I know. I'll pause for a minute so you can take notes. Write that down. It was good. Just kidding. This is just is me. Sorry. This is how I am. Um, I definitely do better at coffee because you know you just talk. This is very one way and it's not and so like my awkward pauses are like normally when a human would speak back to me then I would listen and so this is not that and I don't even have coffee so whatever. Um, <clears throat> so this morning we'll talk about love. Really do. Uh, you know Aaron mentioned the phrase unlock and really I felt like that was a phrase the Lord highlighted this morning before service early when I was at home, was God just wants to unlock us. You know, when I look at you, uh, a a scripture passage that the Lord has really highlighted recently, um, it's been over actually a few years, but it just keeps coming all the time, is Psalm 139, Uh, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, Um, every one of you. Like the wonder of God is like put into each one of you. Scripture also says that we're made in his image. When you look at somebody, um, you know, 2 Corinthians talks about seeing according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. Like, we're Americans. We really look at the outside a lot and worship the outside and live for the outside. And God's like, you know, I live in heaven. I'm surrounded by angels. I've seen beauty. He's looking past our human frailness at our hearts. Our hearts. Our complexion does not move God. He's not like, oh, my word, look at you. You're so zit-free, I can't take my eyes off you. He's not doing that. He's not going, oh, my word, I couldn't really hang out with you, but now look at your abs. Oh, my word. He's not doing that. He's like, I love you. You know, I had this, I don't even know where I'm at. I'm just rambling here. You know, I remember early on, or sometime in marriage, I've been we just celebrated our 30th anniversary, my wife and I, Yeah. Right on. That's right. That's so cool. Amen. Yep. That's good. I have a lot of things going through my head right now. I'm not saying. So, um, anyway, just heads up. Um, You know, I don't know what at what point in marriage it was. I realized like this would sound really silly, but like if my wife lost lost her arm, I wouldn't love her less. Like, oh no, you're just not as much of you. Or I mean, just like you're not your arm. You're not your body. You're not your outside. You're you. I love you. That's, that's You don't marry a body, I hope. Well, if you're an American, you might. You don't. You fall in love with a person, and Christ is in love with you, and he wants you to be in love with him. And He, when he looks at you, he looks at you, and he loves you, and it's, it's not the outside stuff. And we... Our culture there is such a demonic war right now of distraction and appearance Um, the show American Idol I mean it's just ridiculous Um, it's like 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 me vote for me and like uh, it's just this the shallow culture thing we're in and God's like that's just not me that's not the kingdom you know that if you sing a praise song to the Lord you move his heart and he does not care if you're a little pitchy But we're like, well, this, you know, that was nice, but you could have done this a little, I mean, our, our, you know, it's like, you know, the church is the worship team. You know, it's, this is background. This is a background music track to the worship team. I have definitely not always thought that way or lived that way. Um, but as a dad, as a grandpa, I'm a grandpa now that's a distraction. I just, I totally love my grandson. He just uh, amazes me. And God's like, if you think he amazes you, again, do you know how much you amaze me? And what amazes me about him is not like, um, I mean, he'll, I'm sure, say smart things down the road. I'm not saying he says dumb things. It's just like, right now, he is thrilled when he sees a bird. It's like, oh, birdie. Birdie, go high. And I'm like, oh, no, it's incredible. Whoa. Who knew, you know? And just, he's absolutely an awe and wonder at the simplest things. And I'm like, you move my heart, just who you are. And God's like, that's the way you are to me. When we look at him and just sing to him and go, I love you, God. I love you, Lord. Song of Songs says, um, just one glance of our eyes, it ravishes the heart of God. That's a strong statement. It ravishes his heart, it doesn't just like get his attention. He's like, oh my word, you looked at me for a second. That's God saying that. It's because he loves us. And the, I felt like the, the target this morning was just to go fast forward, clear to the end. I'm not finished by any means, don't, don't get excited. Um, uh, is really to just look at our life and go, I'm taking the lid off completely and just say, fill me God with you. Just fill me up with you. The, the heart of the kingdom is the king. It's not us. It's not us working hard, trying hard, doing well. It's not what people think of us. It's, um, you know, I did full-time ministry for a long time. It's not having events that a lot of people say good things about or come to. Um, the kingdom is all, all about and only about the king and just simply to be filled with him. Um, I was talking to a guy earlier about this thing of Eustace. Uh, well, see, I was full-time ministry, now I work construction, stuff, you know, and um, it's been a funky road to go from, like, life is wrapped up in uh, church activity, like retreats, I mean, that's where we hung out with Ryan and Bree, you know, before they got married, and now they're all married, and I thought for sure he's going to be the first guy with the two-year-old that had a full beard, but it um, hasn't happened Anyway, yeah, I have some beard envy. I can't do it. I try. I have smeared Miracle Girl over my face, nothing. Um, anyway, I have no idea what I was talking about. I just totally, oh, events. Like this thing of, like, I went from doing stuff full-time that felt like it was big kingdom stuff, and I'm not saying it's not at all. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about identity and the sense of understanding what life really is all about in Christ. And I went from that to working in a cabinet shop, and then working construction stuff, and I'm, like, going, okay, so my life today is scraping a subfloor clean. Woo! Go, kingdom. It just feels, like, so different. You know, it's not like, we're doing this thing, and come join me, and I'm going to go to Africa, and blah, 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 blah. I've been to Africa. It was awesome. It was great. Go. It's not, like, not, it's not about, that's not a negative It's just about what is the kingdom really all about, and it's all about the king, and it really, I believe where we're at seasonally as a church is he wants to completely captivate the bride of Christ, the heart of the bride, with the bridegroom, and that the kingdom is only and all about the king, because we can go do stuff and have it be about stuff, and like, look what I did. That's kind of about me, and this. Switching from I'm gonna get famous by any means possible to well, that seems wrong. I'll I'll try and be famous through Jesus. I'll be satisfied by doing Jesus stuff. That's not the same as I'm satisfied by Jesus. He's won my heart. Um, I know him. I know the, Do you know the King? I mean, do you know him? And see, there's this movie that I really love. Anybody seen Elf? Can I see your hand. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ser- Seriously, if you've seen Elf, please raise your hand. I want to know who in the room this is relevant to. Okay. Bless you all. If you, Yeah, if you haven't watched Elf, I think you ought to do it for devotions. Just watch it. <laughs> Pr- prayerfully, of course, and all that. Now, there's a lot in that movie that feels so personally, I'm like, I feel like that guy's me in tights, which is, it's great that it's him and not me. But anyway, um, in the movie, there's one scene that I, it comes to mind all the time. Aaron and I were talking about this over coffee once. Um, they're in this, when he's working in the department store at Gimbel's, right? The whole movie is just like hilarious. Um, but anyway, he's, you know, they have, like, everybody come here. They have this little company meeting, all the employees come together. And I've, I've been at those. I mean, I've worked in those places and like Pepper Alley. It's just so corny and weird and American. Um, and anyway, so they have a little meeting, they all pull in, and the the guy gets up, and he's like, All right, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming. What's he do? I know him. Ah! He freaks out, right? He totally freaks out. Because he's like, and he's like looking around like Santa's coming. I know him. Now, for reals, right here. Christ is coming. Do you know him? Yeah, yeah, we get to know him. And there's this thing of comparison, like compared to him. Paul wrote in Colossians, I believe, that compared to knowing Christ, I I count everything as rubbish, trash, worthlessness. It's not just less than, it's worthlessness compared to knowing Christ. And we live in a culture, um, this is a strong statement, so I'll just say it anyway, and please direct all your complaints to Aaron. Um, yeah, repeatedly, of course. Um, that we live in a culture that I believe right now, it's, we're, we're seeing a switch happen in spiritual warfare where it's going from the enemy's effort to get you out of kingdom life is just to, to lure you into sin. There's an all-out discipleship going on right now from the kingdom of darkness in our culture. Pop, mu- popular music, entertainment, the airwaves—you listen to it, you watch it. It's not just like the fruit of not knowing Christ. This is what it looks like. There is effort to teach Antichrist kingdom instead of Jesus kingdom. To find life and satisfaction to be filled by something other than Jesus Christ. To worship ultimately, and the enemy's game plan isn't come worship me. He's not saying that to us. He's really saying worship yourself, humanism. Worship yourself, you're it. And he doesn't care that you're not thinking about him. Because if you're not worshiping the king, that's the point. It's just don't be in that kingdom. What is that kingdom except to know him and have your life completely yielded to him and be filled with him and be selfless. The gospel is deny yourself, take up your cross, follow him daily. The gospel of culture is it's all about you, do what you want and use Jesus if you need to but make it all about you. Let's hide the kingdom, let's hide hide Jesus and Jesus is offensive. You can talk about God, but talk about Jesus is a little different. You know, the guys I work with, it's, it's not really that unsettling in a, pop, in a normal life scenario to say something about God. That doesn't get a ton of red flags or response. You lift up the name of Jesus Christ, and because of demonic reality in our culture, there is like whoosh. Like, you would have think you walked up and hit somebody's mama, you know. Um, not my mom. She's... She'd knock you out, but um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's because he's the king, he's the Lord, he gets it all. And I was, I remember at the cabinet shop I worked at, I remember talking to a guy. Um, let me just say this before I say that, and hopefully, I can remember what I was about to say I'm a minute ago. Why I say this, um, I believe that there is a harvest of souls coming, and it's not going to be through. Um, the vehicle, the primary vehicle for it is not going to be stadiums and a few famous people and a few famous bands. That's not going to be the deal. Because just like you are the worship team, you are the church. You are the harvesting vehicle. God has chosen not that there would be a few famous people that we get to applaud and agree with but that they might actually serve, equipping the bride to go do the kingdom. And that God wants the kingdom to break out everywhere we are, um, where we work. That harvest, that revival, that healing happens in a break room, in a conference room, on a job site, up on some scaffolding, where we live, in living rooms that the Spirit of God falls on 10,000 living rooms instead of 10,000 people at one stadium. But the question is, we, the issue is we have to want him in that. It's not enough just to come here and sit here and be like, that's awesome. It's going, I want you. There's a selflessness, a selflessness required, and, and he's getting after this thing of like, um, you're my church, I want to fill you with my fire, my love, my life, my power, And have it flow out. We resigned from full-time ministry. And there's this weird thing, which I think a lot of you aren't in the weird thing I was. Where, like, it was kind of, it was so normal to do this. Come together, have a band, praise the king. That was normal. Grab an acoustic guitar, take five friends, and go sit in the living room. Because Jesus is just as much there as he is here is is it thrilling to worship him or not? Am I passionate about him or not? Am I satisfied by him or not? I tell you God just like showed me so much crud in my life over the last 10 years. Um like 2008 2009 we stepped out of full-time ministry and into like this weird journey we're in. And this has been part of it. I'm like, "Okay, Lord, I'm a little scared, but we're going to see if you are not only really exciting in the big venue, but are you really exciting if it's just me and my wife and my three kids sitting there in our living room? Are you still thrilling and real and present? Is loud music the presence of the king or is the king here? Like, I want him. And it's just been awesome to go after him and challenging and and like a refining Roto Rooter. It's like high fiber Christianity. I've been getting cleaned out. Sorry. That was weird. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if that's a deal. Anyway, so back to I'm remembering. This is incredible. This is a miracle right here. I'm remembering what I was going to say a minute ago. That hardly ever happens. Um, I was at work in this cabinet shop, and there's this guy who, um, I'm trying to think of his name now. He was the Finnish guy, Casey. Yeah, which don't make, if you ever meet him, don't make fun of his name. Like, Casey Kasem and all that stuff, he doesn't like it. Um, anyway, Casey's a young guy, he did all the finish work, super talented, like, artistic guy, in his custom cabinet shop, and I remember I got stuck working with him, and, and here's the deal, anywhere you are, probably the most important question you can ask is, God, what do you wanna do right now? Not having our minds filled with thoughts about how we feel about where we are, but to be going, Lord, what are you saying? What do you wanna do? because all I am is yours, nothing else matters. And so there I am in this finished room and hanging out with Casey and we start talking and the Lord, and this guy's living with his girlfriend and they're getting ready to have their first, they had had one child getting ready to have another. So like, totally not a Jesus guy, not into the kingdom, um, and pretty hard. And um, we're working away and the Holy Spirit's like, I got a word for Casey. And I'm like, okay. Well, then you should find a little way to tell them because, you know, whatever. And, and so I'm like, walk up to a lost person and tell him you have a word from the Lord for them. See how it goes. It's really fun. I mean, if you can just learn to be entertained by awkward, you will have a much better Christian life. Because it is really actually fun. I, I live there. Um, so, but here's the deal. Like, my religious background is like, I can't say an encouraging word to a lost guy who needs to repent. He is lost. He needs to repent, but God loves him. And what blesses God's heart is always worthy to be celebrated. And God is just like... Te- and here's a guy. He starts. See, here's what happened. He starts telling me about his life growing up, his childhood, what his family was like, and it was horrible. It's horrible. He's like, um, I think around 13 or 14 years old, and kind of having to support himself. And just like and he's young he's like yep i've always had to work hard he's like "It's he like work hard or die you know what am i going to do and he starts telling me all this stuff and i'm like man my heart's just moved and i'm looking at him and i'm going coming from what you've come from to be a guy who's like trying to love his kids the best he can and work hard and take care of them i'm like you're you're blessing god god's blessed by your caring and loving And God's like, go tell him. I'm proud of how he's loving and caring for his kids. Even though he's not a Christian. Because it doesn't mean he's not loving them. And, like, I'm wrestling with that. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to tell him. I'm like, hey, Casey. Like, you know, got this word from the Lord for you. I know, I'm ducking things. He's throwing. You know, not really. He wasn't, like, angry. I'm just like, "Um, I really feel like God's kind of telling me something I'm supposed to tell you. And he's just like, oh, okay. I'm like... Um, It's like God's really proud of how you just, he's blessed by how you love your kids and care about them. He really is. And just good job. Good job loving. So what's the first and greatest commandment? Love God. Love the Lord Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Everything you are is poured into loving him. What's the second? The second is like it. It's not even disconnected. It's not like one, big slash, number two. It's like here's the first and greatest commandment and just like it, Love your neighbors, yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two things. I'm going, God, you're already talking to this guy about what love looks like. And so I'm like, hey, I just feel like God, and you know, I think I might have prayed for him. I do that almost all the time. Hey, can I pray for you? Can I touch you? Okay. And I just do it. Um, it's awesome. Uh, it's so much fun. Just be entertained by awkward and It'll be good. And so I tell him this, and he's just receiving it. Like, okay, cool, thanks. And then we're talking about Jesus. So, you know, I'm like, you know, think about it. And he's he's like, you know, I got a sister who's a lot like you. (laughs) And I'm like, really? Does her apron make her hips look this big? You know, whatever. I'm (laughs) sorry. Did not. I didn't say that. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway. Um, he's like she's like, you know, all Jesus-y. Like all about that. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know the thing about the about Jesus is either he's really it, or it's completely worthless and foolish. There's no middle ground. I'm like, it's either like this is worth everything, or it's completely stupid and foolish and foolish and worth nothing. It can't be in the middle. You can't make Jesus part of something else. It's him and yes or forget it all. It's crazy and deceived to think that he can be blended into some other thing and still be who he is. He's either the king and the savior, the living God, or he's not. And I'm like, you know, it's either he's worth everything or he's just a joke. And and this guy looks at me, he's like, you know, he's like, if I was ever going to do it, and he's talking about Jesus, if I was ever going to do that, I'd be all in. I would be the guy that's all in. He's like, that's just how I'd be. He's like, I can't be middle ground. I'm going, oh my word, the Lord is so working on this guy. He already, as a lost guy, he understands, yeah, middle doesn't make sense. And there's this passage about lukewarmness in Ephesians, or in the book of Revelation, and the book of Revelation talks about the church at Ephesus, and this thing of returning to our first love, and I really believe God wants to not, the agenda isn't that we get really determined to act loving, and to, to be obedient, even though that's, I'm not saying that's off the picture, it's, the agenda is, God, would you reveal yourself to me? Our worship's really a response, ultimately, we can sing right and accurate words and not love. We can walk up, just looking at Aaron, I don't know why. I mean, maybe he's right there. and um, Like, he could look at his wife and say loving things. Like, you're so wonderful, I love you. And she can be like, oh, my word, those words. That's not really how it works, is it? It's like, well, then if you would quit being rude, maybe I could believe you. You know, I mean, it's not saying Aaron's rude ever, ever. I heard once he might have been. But just to be an example to others and try and relate. But um, there's this thing of, like, it's not about saying loving words and doing actions that are, like, would look loving. It's about the inside being released out. It's like love looks like something. If I love you, you'll see it. That's You know, that's why all those things that are labeled as sin are not Okay, it's not because it's just this list of random things to not do, and oh, you did, you you did number twenty-five. I hate number twenty-five. Shame on you. All the law and the prophets are this: don't be unloving; be loving. God is love. First John. This is where we're at. I know. Um, I don't even know what time it is. Not, I know it doesn't matter. just, no, just curious because anyway, uh, First John four says verse eight. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Verse 19, we love because he first loved us. So if the greatest commandment is to love, the second is like it, to love our neighbor as ourself. And we can only love because he first loved us. The issue with Christianity and all this stuff of it is not an issue of try harder, do better. It's really love. Love can't be held in. You know, when I see, there's a lot of guys here, I, you know, I mean, uh, see Matt Castle, I'm just like, I love Matt Castle. He's got that cool Sunday morning TV show. It's so awesome. <laughs> I'm just, what? I give him, I'm like, I love you, so hug him. I was like, I gotta hug you. You know, it just, love moves us to, to act. It just does. And so if there's a, if there's a problem in Christianity, it's probably solved by the root of fill me with you, Lord, because you are love. Fill me with your love. God, I'm struggling, so it's not help me not to. It's like just help me not to. Yes, that's a great prayer. Don't not pray that, but it's like, okay, God, fill me with love for you. If I love you, I won't. Um, It's really hard to be madly in love with God and then do what hurts him. You know, scripture talks about being full of the Holy Spirit. When we're walking in the Spirit, that's that's when we're not gratifying the desires of the sinful nature. And God is love, the spirit of God in us, filling us. Um, I use this example, the first service. um, I'm not sure, let me say this. Mike Bickle is a guy that I really like a lot, listen to. He's an um, international house of prayer guy. I got this from him. He just said one time, lovers outwork workers. And a short version of my life is God really convicting me of fear-based Christianity uh, fear of punishment-based Christianity and lots of effort and hard work, Christianity. And God's like, lovers outwork workers. Basically, if, if I'm full of love for you, I'll go farther than if I'm just trying to do what won't make you mad. You know what I'm saying? And so this example came to my mind. It's kind of a little extreme, but like, um, I've thought of this often. Like, if if you can imagine the scenario of like, I don't know, walking down the street or driving along, and you see this building that's on fire, you pull over and you're standing there, you walk up to it. I know this is totally cheesy to do this, but just imagine, if you will, this picture. And I can just go, in culture, you know, they're like normal thing, there'll be some people get like, oh, a place on fire, firemen are coming, we're all kind of watching. You go, that building's on fire, and somebody's like, hey, I think there's people in there. Most people would immediately be moved to care to do something, most people. Some would be like, well, you know, I'm too scared, you know, I'm not saying, Phil, this is not a guilt thing, but like, it's a natural human response, saved or unsaved, to care. I mean, people storm in there and do stuff all the time, and a lot of us would probably be really compelled to go and try and, like, pull them out, like, can we get in there and help them? That'd be a normal response, but think about it, if you're standing there, in same picture, same scenario, and somebody walks up, it's like, hey, Your wife and kids are in there. Is there a difference? For me, there is. Honestly, I'm like, there's an instant like, it is not the same thing, completely different. And why is that? Because I love them. That's my wife, my daughter. It's like, I can't stand the thought of, well, you died, you didn't make it, but I did. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Uh, I know, right? (laughs) That's just so messed up. You're like, it I don't want to be here with I mean, I would rather die trying to save you than just save myself. I go, what is Christianity? The king's like, I will give my son's life for you rather than be without you. I go, what is that's incredible to me. He wants to put that in us for each other. I've always thought it's interesting. I grew up um, hearing the champion, championing, I'm trying to say a word like people making a big deal about the Great Commission, make, you know, championing that, that phrase, go make disciples, go make disciples. That's, that's Bible, that's good. That's truth. But um, it's concerning what it looks like to go make disciples. I've always, it struck me one day, because there's other passage in Scripture, uh, Matthew 20, I think, talks about it, where the Lord's asked, what's the greatest commandment? And what's he say? Love. And I went, one day it went like a little light bulb. And it was like, light bulb. Uh, he didn't say the Great Commission. How weird. Because I think we would have. What's the, what's the most important thing? Go make disciples. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, love. I go, why? Why do you think it is that he answered with go love instead of go make disciples? I think if we are filled with the love of God, we won't be able to stop making disciples. When I'm looking at you, I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking, God. I'm actually more aware of God's love for you than I am about myself. And so my, my all in is like, I just want God to have what he wants out of you. He loves you. And that's like gripping my life. That's what God wants to do with the church. Um, I know I'm, I'm going on here. Uh, foot, we talked about, see this, I'm going, I'm going back, I'm, I'm reliving conversations with Aaron. This is so cool. Um, I won't talk about all the stuff you've confessed. But anyway, yeah, it's not much. It's just this long. Um, you know, we talk about football. I like football. I grew up watching football, loving football, etc. And it hit me one day um, how crazy guys act, men, grown men will act at football. Right? Shirtless, bodies painted, crazy stuff goes on at football. Lost dudes loving football. And when they're going nuts, when their team comes on the field, what do you see? Stadiums erupt, and guys are like, they're beating their chest and just being goofy and whatever. You know what's funny to me is in our culture, I don't, you know, I'm, most, most of the time, I've never heard it, I'll just say it that way. You don't see somebody in the stands going, oh my word, you people just drive me crazy. I wish, I wish you'd just tone it down, go team. Can we just do that? Let's just keep it like this. We nobody thinks that way. We don't question praise. We're made to praise. It's just a matter of what do we Praise. Like, as you can see a team and love a team, but Lord's like, you know, here's the deal, and here's honestly, side note, this is what's, like, core issue with what's so wrong about pornography is our eyes, we're not, it's made to see, we're made to see Jesus. Our eyes were meant to look on the King and go, look at you. Don't miss, that's what our eyes were for. Our hands, our hearts, our lives were for praising Him, for Responding to him, knowing him. Our minds were made to know him. Our hearts were made to know him. Our lives were made to be filled with him. That's the only reason we're really here. We're not here because he needs stuff done. I've lived that way. Like, oh, um, if I get stuff done, then my life counts. No, it doesn't. Obedience matters. I'm not saying just lay around I'm like, it doesn't matter. You know, I just lay here being meaningful. I don't, you know, it's not that. Just going, we're here to be filled with him, to love him, and it won't be able to be contained. And so the end part of the message this morning that I'm going to make up right now um, is really, we sang this, I don't know, uh, is Ryan in here? I don't see his beard. Do you see his beard? There it is. It's huge. It's, oh, yeah, it's that thing blocking the doorway. Um, what was that? There's a chorus, that, one of that song, we thought the giant's fallen, um, fear won't stand. What are those words? Wow, I just, I just heard a lot of love. You're all speaking in tongues. Bless you. That's so cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What, what was the chorus? You guys know the words? Are there, are there, is there music up here? There's some music. Look at me. I can walk around with a handheld mic. This is great. Um, it's not on how great is your love. I'm sorry. This was not planned out. Not really very well anyway. Um, Where's the one? What's the song about the Giants falling? Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate your help. Um, <laughs> man, what a deal. Okay. Where is that? Is it a course or bridge or something? It's not that this is what living looks like. That was good. I love that part. Thank you. Yeah. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. Fear cannot survive. See, perfect love casts out fear. See, the problem with love is fear. We're afraid of what we look like, what we sound like. We're afraid of. God's punishment, he is such a good father, you can't believe it. You can't believe how you delight his heart. And if you would even stop for 30 seconds and go, God, I just want you, what that does to the heart of the living God. I mean, he loves you, and his love filling us frees us of fear. And the, and the giant's fall thing is this. Um, David, when, he, when he's running at Goliath, why? Why? Is he back there going, this is what I ought to do. Oh, my word. I ought to. I should. I'm supposed to. If I don't, Dad will be so mad. He's like, how dare you talk about my God that way? I can't sit still while my God's dishonored, not because it's wrong to sit still, because I love him. This is the David generation hour for young and old to go, look, I'm gonna ditch everything except Jesus Christ. I don't live for my boss, my career, my company. I don't live for what people think about me. I'm gonna quit living for how I might look or how my people think about, it's nothing about anything but him. I'm here for him and I love him. That's all I care about. And one of the things I've been through, um, I can't go into is just him breaking me down and showing me how little he meant to me. And he's brought me to numerous places going, it kept, it kept coming back to this thing of like, well, either I satisfy, he's saying to me personally, like Jesus is talking to me going, either I satisfy you or I don't. What else do you need? I'm like, oh, wow, apparently I need this and this because I'm really not happy right now. He's like, well, you have me. He wants to fill us with his love because he's going to lead us and by his spirit do his kingdom through us. And to be bold like David. You know, it talks in Daniel about, it says, I um, do uh, if I can find it here. No, 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 where is it at? I've got, I've got these words. Daniel chapter 11 talks about um, deception coming. Um, he uses this phrase, the people who know their God will display strength and take action. That's what David was doing. He's like, I know God. I will not be held still. I will not let this go. No more demonic doctrines of what's truth. Jesus is truth. The word of God is truth, and I'm going to speak it and live it and love him and not care about anything else. I'm going to share him with you. doesn't matter what you think of me. And I love him. I'm satisfied by him. He wants to fill us with himself, and he's going to do stuff through us if we take the lid off and go, God, just A bunch of lost dudes. You're, you're still amazing, and I love you, and all I want is you. God wants to fill us with His holy fire. He is an all consuming fire, He's a God of love. So I just want to pray that over us, and I'll hand it off to Ryan. He'll do whatever he and his bearded self can feel the Lord's saying to do. So, uh, Father, let's just stand together. speak prophetically God is, I know I'm in a room with so many people that agree with these words to be filled with you to have it be all about the giants to fall to have your way Lord it's, it's not about any of us it's only about you we don't live for what culture says we don't live for what people might think or say there's not ten versions of truth in life that you Christ Alone, we agree, we agree, we agree. And Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would not feel we, we don't want to be filled, Lord, with religious zeal, but with your spirit. So, Lord, we pray, empty us of everything that's not you. Just fill us with yourself. we always want to take the lid and we take the lid off of our lives and pray, Lord, fill us again. Lord, fill us tomorrow. Lord, I pray specifically that this whole week, daily, each day, Lord, multiple times We just be eyes on you God, fills, asking you to fill us with your spirit Win our hearts Father, we pray uh, Ephesians 1:17 and 19 Lord, that we would have the eyes of our heart Enlightened, opened up By your spirit of wisdom and revelation To know Jesus well To know him intimately Lord, open our eyes This is our prayer, Lord Open our eyes, we want to see you in our hearts we want to know you fill us with yourself we can't love you unless you fill us with your love and so God we say fill us with your love that we might pour it all back out daily constantly in every moment God fill us with yourself pray you heal hearts tonight or this morning God heal heal where there's been um, discouragement God just come in and heal Lord, you just invite us to be filled and to invite you to fill us again and again and again. So what we just want to walk in, we do. in Jesus. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.